When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Bingeworthy, a podcast dedicated to telling you which of the many dozens of streaming shows being thrown at you each week and month are worth your time and attention. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and today I get to talk to you about one of my absolute favorite shows of 2024. I know it is only February, but I'm almost sure that this is going to make my year-end list already. I'm talking about Apple TV Plus's Masters of the Air, which is the latest Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks produced World War II miniseries. You might have seen their other uh, World War II shows like uh, Band of Brothers or The Pacific. This latest series can be streamed on Apple TV Plus and follows a group of airmen with the 100th bomb group that risked their lives in World War II, flying bombing missions in Europe. The show stars Austin Butler, Callum Turner, Barry Kilgan, Anthony Boyle, Shudi Gatwa, and more. Joining me to discuss the series is actor Callum Turner, who plays Major John Egan in the series. You may know Callum from one of my favorites, Green Room, or the Fantastic Beasts series. He's also in George Clooney's latest movie. He's the lead in The Boys in the Boat. He really pops in this one and very much stands out in a series of heavy hitters. If you like Band of Brothers or The Pacific or you're just a World War II buff, this series is an absolute must. It really puts you in the action and helps you really understand what harrowing stuff that airmen went through in those days. I've seen all the episodes. They're just excellent. They really are. But before we get to my chat with Callum Turner, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, the Discourse, Deep Focus, and more. We can be heard wherever you find your podcasts. Follow, like, subscribe, and drop us a rating on any of those outlets like Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or just head on over to theplaylist.net for film and TV news, interviews, reviews, and more. As a reminder to our listeners, Masters of the Air is currently airing new episodes each Friday on Apple TV+. Okay, here's my chat with the wonderful Callum Turner. Mike D'Angelo with The Playlist here to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Vividstorm. Since 2004, Vividstorm has been a technology brand focused on one thing, upgrading the home theater and event experience through technological innovation. The brand provides high-quality film and television equipment products such as conference projection screens, home theater screens and cabinets, school teaching and training venue products, and event equipment to their customers 
I personally own one of their 100-inch floor-rising ambient light-rejecting screens with a motorized Monte Carlo cabinet to house my ultra-short-throw 4K projector, and it is amazing. Not only the aesthetics and the image quality, but if you just want a home theater with wow factor, look no further. VividStorm can be a one-stop shop when it comes to bundling your screen, cabinet, and projector in one place, making it easy for you to go from a small TV setup to a full immersive home theater experience. Head on over to the playlist.net's page for this episode for a look at my home theater setup and links to VividStorm's current sales. VividStorm for your dream picture. Hey, hey, Callum, how you doing, man? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I was actually just, for funsies, I threw on Green Room just because I love that movie. And I decided to, you know, while I'm prepping, I'm going to throw on Green Room. Got sucked in again. So Did you go all the way to the end? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Once you started, you're just like, oh, shit. I got to finish this one. (laughs) Yeah, man. That was such a fun experience. Being a lead singer in a punk band. Right, man. The eight rights. The eight rights, man. You know, we had so much fun in that movie. I think like four people got the Ain't Rights tattooed onto their arm. Were you not one of them? <laughs> I was not one of them, no. <laughs> uh, regrets, regrets. Um, yeah. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah, okay, all right. But either way, I mean, we're here to talk about Masters of the Air. Everyone here at The Playlist is a huge fan. We love it. I actually binged Great. through it in a day with my mom because she was staying with us before she flew out, you know, at the airport near us. We nice. both like just devoured it. It's it's sincerely great stuff. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Mike. You've been on quite a run in general here, but you didn't necessarily like start out your career here with acting in mind. I know you loved sports. You stumbled into modeling. Then there was some acting that came up and then it just became a thing. So when did it become clear to you that this was the path that you wanted to be on? Uh, when I was still 25. not there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, still not there. <laughs> Um, there's a good question, Mike. Um, nah, I, I was 25, man. And I, I started, I started when I was 22, like I was 22 years old when I got my first professional job. So I started late and in comparison to lots of other people. And I had tried to get into drama school and I didn't get into three of them. And then I got an agent miraculously. And so I decided that, uh, I was going to use that three years as my drama school. You know, and um, nice. in that in those three years, I, I did Green Room. I did something called One Piece. I worked with John Borman. I did these really amazing projects. This TV show called Glue, and uh, I don't want to. I can't remember if I'm, miss, I'm missing some out. They're really like pivotal moments for me. And then um, I did this movie called Tramps with this director Adam Leon, and it was in New York. It was my first American lead. I was 25. And it was probably three years, you know, to the to the day that I'd finished my first professional job, pretty much the time I worked out like that. And I worked with him, and and I was I'd always been working with this acting coach, and the two things just coincided where I felt like I'd finally given a performance that I, I understood what I was doing a little bit, and and then that was it. I just decided that this is what I wanted to do. And the rest is history, you know. Fast forward to Masters of the Air and. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a phenomenal performance. I mean, there's a lot of people in this. There's a lot of characters in this, but a lot of it centers on yours. So how did this come to you and how was the audition process? Because I, I imagine this isn't the usual thing. Yeah, you know, um, actually, because it was COVID, you know, we just sent off a tape and then I was doing Fantastic Beasts 
at the time, and Colleen Atwood came up to me. Colleen is the costume designer on this. She also happens to be Gary Getzman's, one of Gary Getzman's best friends. And she came in and she went, hey, buddy, looking good on your on that show. And I said, for Masters? And she said, yeah, looking good. And uh, that was an exciting moment, you know. Eddie Redmayne went, that's a good way to start a Monday morning. Um, <laughs> I said, yeah, it's not bad, huh? Anyway, I didn't hear anything for like two months, two and a half months. And actually, I said goodbye to it, like emotionally. I said goodbye to it because um, it just didn't feel like it was happening. But I don't know what they were doing. I think they were just taking their time and... And then I got a phone call saying that there's this guy, Austin Butler, that they've given a part to. They know they want him in the show and they're like, we want you too, uh, but we just don't know which roles we want for the either of you. Um, we auditioned for Cleven. And uh, I joked that I did a, such a bad Cleven that they were like, all right, well, you're Egan then. And he was Cleven. And that was over Christmas, you know? They they wanted, the, they decided they had two, two and a half months and then right, at, right before Christmas, they were like, all right, now we want to take just before the end of the year if that's all right with you. So I remember like nice. Christmas day, I was learning lines for Cleven and doing research on Cleven and trying to find out who he was. And uh, I'm just grateful that they gave me Egan because he's such a joy and oh, I had so much fun playing him. Yeah, he's very extroverted and, you know, he's he's the guy having the party a lot of the time. Uh, how, fa how far <laughs> were you able to dig into, you know, the real life history of him? Did you speak with family members? Did you do any of that stuff? Um, I don't like to speak to family members before I do something. I just think that that could cloud my own vision of who he was, my interpretation. Mm -hmm. But we met them at the premiere and it was really sweet because they, I met his daughters and um, they cried. And then I was really emotional because of that. Um, it was just a really wonderful thing to get the the nod, you know, from from them that they, they, they saw their dad in, in the performance. And then to answer the first part of your question, uh, yeah, I mean, there's an abundance of information out there. There's websites dedicated to the hundreds and to these guys and, and what they did. And I really just devoured as much as possible, you know, and to build in different aspects of his personality and, 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 and the cadence of the time and the rhythm of the time and the beliefs of the time. And, and then just to live and breathe it as much as possible. I mean, he's, he's a fun person to live and breathe for sure. Well, also, like, it feels like it could be one of those experiences that has, like, real cast bonding. Like, you imagine this one had to be unique. Did you do, like, the boot camp situation? What was, like, the bonding behind the scenes? Yeah, we did. We did a, we had a, a two-week boot camp, which was really it was special, man. It was special because, you know, you don't normally get to do those things for whatever reason. And uh, there was 120 guys all together being competitive and rowdy and, and having a lot of fun, but also wanting to be good and represent these men and, and tell the stories as best as possible and to serve it in the best way possible. And it was a good time. And, and there's this thing that Dale Dye, Dale Dye is the military guy in the industry. And he, he kept hammering home this idea of crew glue. And mm -hmm. uh, when you're up there in the plane, you're fighting, you're not just fighting for yourself, but you're fighting for the man standing next to you. And we developed this crew glue just by being there every single day with each other. And, doing those exercises and shooting guns and playing baseball and um, you know, even being in the classroom and learning about the time and the era and, and what these guys went through and the war itself. Uh, we really built that crew glue. Yeah, and this was even before a lot of you guys really started blasting off. I mean, obviously you had the Fantastic Beast movie. Elvis hadn't been released yet. Barry is having a real moment now, but he was just kind of like starting to get buzzy then. 
shoot, he wasn't Doctor Who. It's like you could go on and on with all these guys and what they've done just since this. How yeah, does it yeah. feel? How does it feel to kind of see what's become of the cast and see what everybody's doing? No, I'm so grateful that I get to work with them and know them and be friends with them. And you know, Austin was beautiful as Elvis, and Barry's exquisite in pretty much everything he does. And Shooty and I actually, I think this is our second thing we've done, or maybe even our third thing we've done together. No, maybe it's the second thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and there's so many wonderful people in this show. And the Band of Brothers was a, um, when I started out, my agent kept saying, Band of Brothers, Band of Brothers, because Band of Brothers had um, Michael Fassbender and Andrew Scott. Yeah. I mean, so, Tom Marley, so many people started out through Band of Brothers. And she kept saying to me, we've got to get you your Band of Brothers. And uh, I hope that in, 10 years time, you know, there'll, there'll be not just me, Austin and Shooty and Barry that people were talking about, but other people from the show too, because Absolutely. there's so many talented guys in the show. Amen. I know like, yeah, like you said, like Band of Brothers, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, it's a lot of pedigree uh, as producers. Did you even get to interact with them on, on a creative level? Did they come to set at all? How involved were they? Yeah, they, yeah, they, uh, well, because it was Cove, um, ah. Steven was in LA and Tom, coincidentally was finishing, uh, I think it was Pinocchio was finishing. So he was here for a bit. Um, and then uh, Gary Getzman was the man, you know, who ran the show on the ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an honor, you know, getting messages from people like Stephen yeah. and Tom. Hold uh, on to those. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, um, the, Austin and I were saying, there's never been a moment in my life where I haven't known who either of those people are. And so yeah. to have them in my orbit or to be in their orbit is, wonderful i'm such big fans of both of them you know i remember when i was a kid my mum and i watched uh forrest gump and uh, we put the sofa really close to the tv and we got the duvet out and uh, i was probably about six years old and i watched that movie and it was just we built our own little cinema in the front room you know and turned the lights off and got popcorn and they've just provided so many moments like that in our lives that i continue to do so to be part of that is 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 a blessing I mean, I, and also like even Spielberg's films, like Jaws, The Goonies, I mean, it just goes on. It's just like a master, master, master. Yeah. His craft. Yeah, I, I love pretty much everything he's done. So it'd be hard to not geek out on him for me. I'm, I'm sure that's pretty much the same for everybody he works with. But you also went on to work with George Clooney, Boys in the Boat, another great film, another great performance, another real life band of brothers, you know, taking on Nazi in a way. Um, I know. I, I got to stop, huh? Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting. Uh, you have like a trilogy of of you versus Nazi movies <laughs> with green green room. Well, green room. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll say it's an unofficial trilogy. Um, but you know, I like Boys that. Bo- oh, no. Thank you. Exactly. Mike. Exactly. You're welcome. I, uh, the Boys in the Boat also seems like another one of those where you are going through it with a group of guys, and that would potentially be a huge bonding experience as well. So how is that in comparison? Um, it was a lot more physically demanding. Rowing's excruciating. Have you ever rowed before? A rowing machine, not an actual like on the <laughs> you know on the the boat and stuff. And that's hard enough. I mean, it's also one of the most rewarding sports that I've ever mm-hmm. done. Um, ever been a part of your journey? Our journey was one of rags to riches because we started and we were all useless. And very genuinely, we were useless. There was they when George and Grant came down. And uh, they were worried. I could see the fear in George's eyes that we weren't going to get to the place we needed to get um, to make it a movie. 
we somehow managed to pull it out and, and, and achieve. We set this target on the first or the second day of 46 strokes per minute. After five days, I realized that we were never going to be able to achieve that. You know, and on the second last day, somehow, man, we did it. We got to 46 strokes per minute on the second last day. And everyone in the boat was like, did we just do that? <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, he's always yelling at you. Give me a tight 28 or whatever it is. And you're just like, yeah, Wait. yeah, yeah. We couldn't have done it without him. And uh, it, it, honestly, it was an extraordinary experience. It's it's one of the hardest things I've ever been a part of, but mm. truly one of the most um, special, definitely the most special experience I've had with the film, you know, mm. and, and the bond. Terry O'Neill was the trainer. He won gold at Atlanta in the Olympics. And he brought his friends down who he had known since he was 13 years old. And he's probably in his seventies and these lads are in his seventies. And um, he gave this really emotional speech and said, you guys are going to go through something and you're going to be bonded for life. And you achieve the thing that you want to achieve. And this is probably day seven when we thought, nah, we're never going to, we're all useless. We're never going to achieve the thing we want to get to. And I remember I gave him a hug because he was so emotional about talking about his friends and then we did it. And, and those boys and I are always going to be friends. We're never not going to be friends. We, we did something together that was special. We all live in different parts of the world, but their WhatsApp group goes off more than any other WhatsApp group on my phone. That's awesome. I felt exhausted just watching it, to be honest. I actually just, you know, I, I was trying to figure out, like, they couldn't have, like, made you do take after take after take of it, or were you actually just grueling every second with that movie? Um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But, yeah. you know, again, it was like, we're trying to do something. I joked that making a movie was um, my side hustle. <laughs> Rowing was the, was the primary objective. Yeah, it was uh, it was something, but you know, it's it's it's. They also trained us. They gave us two months of training, and, and they got us in this incredible physical shape, so we could achieve that. You know, and uh, the rowers they row. You know, they train like crazy, and 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 they'll they'll row for seven minutes straight in a race, and we would row for two minutes and then stop, and then row back, and then row for two minutes and stop, and then go back. And the thing actually that George did that was. I mean, he was phenomenal. The way that he set this up, um, in so many aspects, he was phenomenal. But he uh, made it as easy as possible for us. I mean, we had something like seven cameras, eight cameras at all times, picking up bits. And um, our That's job was just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And our job was just to be uh, on it, you know? Nice. Just to be on it. A couple yeah. huge projects back to back there. So what's what's next? What are you looking for, you know, when it comes to, do you have anything in the can? What's What's coming up? Yeah, I did this movie called Atropia, which is this uh, comedy with Hayley Gates directing. Um, she did a film called Shakomako, a short film, with Alia Shawkat leading it. Um, Alia, and then, um, nice. Yeah, I love Alia. Well, Alia from Green Room. Huh? Of so course. We yeah, we met on Green Room and have been buds for years. And she said, do you want to come and do this thing? And, and I watched the short and I said, yeah. So I, we did that last year. And, and yeah, I'm just looking to find my next thing. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah, in recent years, it's been... 
you know, the expectation is that someone in, in the place you're at is often being courted for these obligatory superhero roles. And I'm a fan of those films, but it seems like that tide might be turning a little bit. How do you feel about those types of roles? Does that interest you? Did you grow up as like a comic book geek, that kind of thing? You know, I'm such a film fan, man. I love all films. Yeah. All of them. And I think there's a place for every story. And I, I actually am one of those people that I want to do it all. You know, I want to try it all. And someone like Sam Rockwell actually is one of my heroes, man. And, and he does it all. So um, yep. Sam Rockwell would have been a good Egan, huh? <laughs> it would have been a great Egan. Of course, of course. But you did well. Sang your heart out. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the singing is a little different than like green room singing. How do those compare? Did, you probably didn't shred your voice as much for this one. You know, I did in a different way. In a different <laughs> way. I yeah, I drank a lot of whiskey on this one. Yeah, the green. You have that big drunk energy. <laughs> yeah, man, I love the big drunk energy. It's so much fun. I um. For green room, it was really special because it was like we were part of a band, you know, and that, like that. That's the most beautiful part about my job is that we get to go into these subcultures or time zones or cultures um, themselves and, and, and explore. And Green Room, you know, straight edge punk was not something that was on my uh, radar. And nice. uh, it's something I dived into and Minor Threat, Bad Brains, and those guys, they still come up on my my tunes. And, and, and uh, I love that music because of the time that it represents. And, you know, with Anton and, you know, that's a special friendship that I made. And unfortunately, you know, he passed, but that was such a beautiful moment, you know, me, him and Alia and Joe Cole and Amy Pooch. And we would go on the weekends and we would rehearse in rehearsal rooms. And um, the songs that are on the album, I sung those songs, you know, it's like, feels so cool. special. I remember being in the studio, I'm not a musician, man. I'm like going into a studio with the with the producer and, and uh, the writer of the songs and then, directing me how to sing and then listening back to it. it was a remarkable experience. I, I also have to say, like, before I go here, they gave me another minute or so. I was doing a little bit of research uh, beforehand and I was like Googling stuff. And I will note that 90% of the recent articles, which I didn't even know about, were Callum Turner and Dua Lipa or this or that. And I'm not really interested in prying into your personal life, but I am curious what it's like being at the center of that kind of storm. You know what I mean? Where it's certain outlets and fans are just obsessive about every detail. How are you weathering that? And and is that kind of intimidating at this point? No, I just deleted all my uh, apps on my phone. So it's it's like really nice um, <laughs> to not be looking at anything online, period. Uh, I waste so much time, I have wasted in my past so much time looking at pointless shit on my phone. and. I just unfollowed everyone and and deleted the app. It feels so free, man. It's lovely. I'm always tempted to do it, but I've never actually done it because you know you have to engage for work. So I'm like wondering, should I just cut the cord? Who knows? Maybe it, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know in your soul, man. It's true. <laughs> it's not good for you. But either way, uh, they are giving me the wrap. I'll just say for our listeners, Masters of the Air is currently airing new episodes on Fridays through March 15th on Apple TV Plus. Callum is genuinely great in it. Outstanding. Thanks so much again for Thank your time, you. man. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Mike. Likewise. I loved it. 